Sunday Golds, Aria Masudi and Brett Nevitt, Florida State Baseball Podcast, and the Seminoles fresh off a series win over the North Carolina Tar Heels at Dick Hauser Stadium. The scores went the way of 4-3 to three in favor of the Tar Heels on Friday, 4-2 to two for Florida State on Saturday, and then 8 nothing Knowles on Sunday. want to remind you that we are on Apple Pods and on Spotify as well as Google Pods. Uh, we've appreciated the feedback so far, so if you could please rate us five stars, leave us a review, and um, let us know how we can get better. Please continue to email us. Please continue to tweet at us. And uh, it's been a lot of fun here so far. You know, we're just about at the halfway point of the ACC schedule. And um, I think we're playing, what is it? Is it 36 total games? So 18 is exactly half. And um, for Florida State now, Brett, 10 and 8. And before we break down the series, how about that? It was, it was a really nice bounce back for the Knowles at home. Yeah, much better vibes coming off um, this series. Um, thought Florida State played pretty well the first, I mean, the last two games after a pretty sloppy first game. Um, you know, we'll probably break that down even even more here soon. But um, overall, good weekend for Florida State, good bounce back weekend, and um, a good win against against a quality team. And then I know, let's talk a little bit about MLB Knowles, if we could. Um, Buster Posey, a couple of home runs this weekend. Um, John Nagowski made his debut. Overall, uh, a really strong day, um, strong opening day and a weekend for Seminoles and the pros. Yeah, Buster's back. Buster's back being Buster. He's 34 years old. Yeah, I, miss, I can't after missing all last year after opting out too. So that was definitely fun to see. I think it was his first at bat of the year. And then went. I think he went yard the next day as well. So, um, you know, obviously Nagowski getting in there as well um, is pretty cool in Cardinals roster. Yeah, and I know uh, our teams did not have the best weekends. No, oh God, we no. The Braves had. Let's 12, talk good vibes, not bad yeah, vibes. The Braves had twelve total hits in three games. I wow. I never have weekends where both my Sox. teams win. Gosh, the Red Sox, man. To well, the I think the Lightning got blown out one game too. The Red Sox are they supposed to be good this year? I don't know. You know, you I have mean, hop. You have. I have hopes every year. Yes. Yeah. But okay. Well, the look Braves, at power rankings. They're probably dead last right now. I don't know, man. It's hard. It's hard to be worse than the Braves were. Um, because we got swept by the Orioles. Yeah, that's a that's bad. You're right. They you were down win. ten nothing in the third inning you on win, Sunday. Yeah, biggest loser goes to the uh, Sox this weekend. Sorry, Boston fans. That's that's tough. Um, all right. Yeah. Now let's talk about good stuff. Uh, the Knowles, two out of three against North Carolina. Friday night didn't go the way FSU wanted. Uh, FSU actually came back and battled back uh, in this one. Parker Messick was fantastic, as as normal. Um, that that pitcher's duel, Brett, against Austin Love. I actually had that game uh, on the call Friday for the TV broadcast, and it was a lot of fun. It was moving pretty quickly. Uh, Love was known to be one of the best pitchers in the ACC. He comes in, and he was throwing strikes galore. And then what Parker's basically been asked to do for a lot of this season is just kind of give his team a chance on Friday nights. And before we break down his performance, um, just how nice has it been to have that reliability and that stability in the Friday role? Yeah, obviously. I mean, since his first outing, I think he's had um, a 1-3 ERA, I think, in his last six outings, I want to say. Um, just been – I mean, that's what we expected. You just don't ever see Parker get hit around, really. It's just – I mean, you go to the ballpark, you know what you're going to get from Parker – um, I think every time he stepped on a call, every time, every time, even since high school, he stepped on a mound. For the most part, he's dominated. I mean, that one North Florida outing is just that's a complete outlier. Um, his season ERA is down to one two point five two now. I mean, no matter who Florida State plays on a Friday or a game one of a regional or super regional, they're gonna have a chance with Messick on the mound. I think for sure, and he's shown to be one of the best aces in, in the entire conference in the entire country right now. I think. 
Yeah, he's got a 252 ERA overall, and I think and, in ACC play, it's like 1-5. And honestly, it's, it's weird to say, but I still don't think he's been his best. I mean, there were occurrences of him not being his best on 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 Friday, I thought. I mean, just he looked like he just maybe not lost focus against the bottom of the order, but just lost himself. again. I think you don't know if he – I think he only retired um, one one of their seven through nine guys and two the times through. Um you know, just getting behind in counts against the bottom of their order. But in one through six in UNC's order was 0 for 18 against Parker. So that tells you, I mean, that's the, and I didn't think he had, I didn't think he had much of his breaking balls, but he was just dominating with his changeup the whole game, I thought. I mean, the changeup off of the inside fastball is just unhittable, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, him and Justice Thompson, who go way back to their T-ball days, Parker got the better of him all, as was it, three strikeouts against yeah, him? Yeah, and debatted him on the first one, too. Yeah, it was crazy. Um I actually ran into uh, Parker's family outside uh, after the game on Friday, and um, we were talking about how, you know, Fridays are going to be like this uh, a lot, you know, and that's just kind of what you expect, right? You got both teams' aces, and um, Parker's going to be asked to bear down, and um, shout-out to, to the Messick family. It was cool to get to meet them and, and chat. It's a great family, and um, they got to be proud of their son because, I mean, this kid, Brett, uh, I'm looking at his, his earned runs. I think he's given up. The, the most since that opening weekend, right, against UNF, he hasn't given up more than two earned runs in a single start. And now we're, we're on a streak of three starts in a row where he's gone at least six innings and he's given up just one earned run. And he's totaled in his last three starts, if I can do math correctly, uh, 33 strikeouts. We're back to, on the math train. Yeah, gosh. 33 strikeouts to five walks. I mean, man, that's, that's ACC pitcher of the year-like stuff. Um, I don't want to pump Parker's head too much. If he's, li- I don't. I hope he's not listening. But like, he's on his way to having um, all American type numbers. Yeah, I think I think Meat had said after the game that he had told him when he went out there to pull him that he's he's going to be a legendary pitcher at Florida State. I think that was the quote because he just battled the whole game, even though he didn't really have his best stuff, didn't really have his full arsenal, but he was able to just go out there and, and tough it out. I mean, he had career high in twelve with twelve strikeouts. I think um, only walked one guy. And I think all 12 of his strikeouts came against the top six in the order. And he was I think he was hitless through four. Um, he's just been unhittable when he's attacking the zone, I think, and really getting ahead of hitters. And I um, I think there was a bunt hit in, the, in that fifth inning that he allowed the run. Um, there was an error, I think, maybe. But um, other than that, I mean, other than the, the, just the, the against the bottom of the order, he was lights out as usual. And I think that's what we're going to see just the whole season. Yeah, batters hitting just 182 off Messick this year. So um, good stuff from Parker, the lefty, on Fridays. And uh, let's talk about how that game panned out because uh, Florida State really was shut down for a lot of it in the fifth inning. Uh, Carolina broke through, did get a run. I believe uh, it was uh, a bunt. I think it was the bottom of the order, 7-8-9. Castagnazzi, good piece of hitting, got one, I think, into the gap. into right center, um, and then Horvath single to left on a little flare. Um, and, the, you know, you just got to give Carolina credit. I think Scott Forbes, their head coach, is going to do some good things there. He's a longtime assistant for Mike Fox before taking over. Um, but they wanted to manufacture a run, right, for a guy who was dealing, Austin Love. And they found a way. The Wilkerson kid, I think, had like three at-bats all season, comes up, and his first base hit is uh, – a pushed bunt was that was that the play that Matt? I think that was Wilkerson's first bunt of the enti- I mean first hit of the entire season was that the one Matt and Parker kind of miscommunicated on who would because I think Parker kind of went after it 
Matt looked like he might have a beat on it, so Parker like tried to circle around, and it was too late by that point. Yeah, I just think they didn't really have a chance of getting him. And yeah. Sometimes when you have those bunts, they're just unplayable almost. But just looking at Parker's numbers, he's got 14.59 Ks per nine in ACC play and a 1.46 ERA. That's Man, his last that's, six starts. That's absurd. 37 innings, six earned runs, 60 strikeouts, 167 average against, 60 Ks in 37 innings against ACC play. Yeah, and you got to give Parker a lot of credit too because they had a runner on and he struck out uh, Thompson and Zarate. So yeah, he uh, got. He, I mean, all season he's gotten the big outs when he need, when he's needed to too. Just good timely pitching, especially for a guy his age, and a lot of that has to do with coming out of the bullpen last year, I think. Yeah. So seventh inning, UNC adds two more. That was a was that the inning that Nander kind of. Yeah, both of those bit. runs were unearned. Um, I think Hare gave up a two-ounce single. Uh, Meat put that on himself, said they were trying to unintentionally walk, like unintentionally, intentionally walk the kid, and Hare kind of just left one up. They were kind of just trying to work around him. Left one up, got it off the end of the bat, I think, but poked a line drive to the middle for two-run single to open up a three-run lead, I believe. Yep. Yeah. yeah, UNC really didn't hit the ball all that no. hard all weekend. Like, I actually, think- all weekend, they didn't really do a whole lot offensively yeah um, that one w w you talked about was one of the only hard hit balls i like think caleb roberts weekend. we'll talk about saturday but he had one pretty nice piece of hitting um but other than that really yeah i mean friday was tough right you get you get you're down three nothing um give the Knowles credit i thought they battled there in the um in the bottom of the seventh um there, I thought, was air, there was some help by UNC's defense. By the way, that was really uncharacteristic from both teams because they both came in well, I thought I just, defensive teams. Yeah, I just thought Nander looked uncomfortable coming off of injury. Mm-hmm. I don't think he had practiced much all week, really. Um, that's not. I don't think that's going to be an issue going forward. I think Lacey. I, I think you saw all those guys, him, Nelly, and and Lacey, all kind of look a little rusty this week. I don't think any of them are really practicing much right now just because of these injuries. Um, but I think. That's not a, a long-term worry with Nander. I, don't, I just it, he's always shown so much consistency all year, and I think he had four errors coming into in the game and makes two, and there's only two opportunities. So uh, that's not going to be a long-term thing. We'll talk about why he redeemed himself um, yeah. less than 24 hours later. But um, yeah, Nelson gets on a throwing error by the third baseman. Um, then a, I believe it was a walk from Reese, and then Elijah um, obliterated one to left center. Two-two uh, pitch. Uh, another off-speed pitch, and Elijah was all over it, and that's amazing, right? Three three runs with one swing of the bat, and that's what this offense can do. And uh, Florida State momentarily had all the momentum. Yeah, I thought I thought this game was kind of the exact blueprint to how Meet wants to win games in ACC play, and how they want to win late in season, and how how they kind of have to win with this team. And it's just, you know, it might look ugly sometimes, especially at the plate, but. Um, Florida State's built for the big inning. They're built to win with the home run. Um, you know, they get the three-run homer there. Um, obviously, they didn't end up winning the game, but it just comes down to execution. I think when they execute, um, that they'll be – I mean, they'll win a, I think they're just going to give, give themselves a lot of chances to win games when they play clean baseball. Because, I mean, like we've always talked about, pitchers are going to keep them in it. If you get a home run or a timely hit, you're going to have a really good chance to win. And then, you know, Florida State had a chance to capitalize on that momentum because it looked like UNC was ready – to unravel altogether. Um, uh, I think the the pitcher, was it Love? It might have been Love threw yeah. the ball into right field, um, into foul territory, I should say. And Crowell, uh, I know Meat took the blame for that. They waved him around second to get into third, and it kind of just looked like halfway <coughs> halfway on his path to third base from second, I could tell it wasn't going to go well. Crowell started wobbling a little bit, running, um, 
And the throw was incredible by Wilkerson, the second baseman. I mean, it was an absolute frozen rope. But that that play was huge because it stopped, really, Florida State from continuing to have a big inning. Yeah, and I mean, that's just, you can't make the first down at third base, and I think that's why Meat was putting it on himself, just kind of not worth the risk. Um, but, you know, Carell's shown that he's going to be a spark um, every time. He, I mean, th- showed, um, I guess that was Saturday he showed that. But, um, you know, he's got wheels, and I think usually you would – you would definitely be comfortable sending him there. Um, like you said, that throw is just on a laser, on, just on a rope, frozen rope over there. Yeah, you just wonder though, like if he is at second in that inning with nobody out. The other thing though happens. is, is I mean, third and nobody out too. That's yeah. I mean, I, I didn't. It's mind a risk. It's a risk reward thing. I think if definitely looking back, you wouldn't want to send him. But at that. the same time, if they don't make a perfect throw, he's safe. Yeah, I get that. Um, looking through the rest of this play by play here. Uh, FSU gets two on and no outs in the eighth inning. Yeah, that was a big moment, too. Three a lot through of five just was, can't do was anything. Pitching? Was it, did they bring in Caden O'Brien for that? I think that was the next. I think he struck out Reese to end the inning, and then he went one, two, three in the ninth. But um, they just can't have that from the three through five in the order. Um, that's, I mean, that's a win right there for you, sitting right in front of you. Um, you know, they give they gave Robbie the bunt on the first one. He fouls it off. Then they went back, and he, two swings and misses, I think. Um, Nelly struck out or he strike out or pop up. He struck out swinging. Yeah. I mean, you just, you got to have, like we've said, I mean, the strikeouts can be there and you can win, but they can't be there in big moments. And, um, I just thought Florida state was kind of sloppy all around. Um, not getting outs when you needed to from the bullpen. Um, a couple guys struggled with command, I think. And, you know, UNC kind of just took advantage of Florida state's mistakes. But like you said, it wasn't a clean night from either team. I didn't think. Yeah. I think Florida state struck out 16 times overall. Ooh. Um, and I think UNC actually struck out similar 15 times or something like that. So a lot of K's in this game. This game um, was like what we were. We were in like the eighth inning after like an hour and a half. And then all of a sudden the last two innings took like an hour and a half itself. Well, the UNC ninth uh, took a while. Um, Chase Haney came back on for Scalaro. Um, Castagnazzi singled immediately. Um, and then uh, they brought Kwiatkowski in. Clayton just had no command of the strike zone. And that's rare to see from him especially this season. Uh, Clayton's been arguably your best, most consistent arm out of the pen. You could argue it. So um, Meat came out, though, you could tell, right? Like, it was like he walked Kazi, and then I think he was, what, like 1-0 to the next batter, and Meat pulled him for Purdue, and it just didn't go Florida State's way at all. Like, that. there were guys on base. Justice Thompson, a really talented player, going to get taken in probably the top three or four rounds this year's draft, maybe higher. Um, he gets the single through the left side to give Carolina the lead. Um, UNC finds a way. Noel struck out, you know, in order in the bottom of the ninth. Kid and O'Brien looked incredible. I mean, Florida State had seven of nine starters with two or more strikeouts, and eight of nine starters had Ks. And with all that being said, they had a chance to win it. Um, and they made three errors, too. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Florida State was – I just thought they were way more talented than yeah. North Carolina. Story of game one, Parker Messick, fantastic. Missed opportunities on offense. Um, sloppy defense and sloppy defense and that's that's going to get you beat sloppy so, base running yeah unc's a, a solid team they're not incredible but they are good enough to beat you when you play like that martin get picked off in the first inning too after a leadoff hit by pitch i right? think so that they went and reviewed that yeah just sloppy overall yeah. i mean so so anyway four three uh Knowles come back right around the next day it is a two o'clock game and they uh, they do win four to two against north carolina that one uh went kind of similar to the night before 
maybe a little bit of a different, you know, game path and, and game plan. But Knowles jump out on top, bottom of the first. Robbie Martin with a, a nice two-run home run there to give FSU the lead. And then Carolina came right back. I think it was Roberts who hit a home run in the fourth off Hubbard. And uh, then the walk-off by Nander in the bottom of the ninth. That was huge for Nander um, to be able to hit that for his confidence, for um, just what he wants to accomplish, I think, here in his junior year. But more so, I think it just signals the improvement that he's made. Um, he's an important guy in this FSU lineup and in, in the field, obviously. Um, and he's a bottom-of-the-order guy. So having him be able to do the do the walk-off honors was huge for FSU. Um, and we can talk about the sentimental parts of why FSU needed this game. Well, but Well, I was going to say not to mention, I mean, righty-righty slider for Nander, too, for a guy that's just really... He's working on, months in yeah, on it. So working full time on that. But sentimentally, huge for FSU, obviously, for, for a lot of those reasons. FSU but you had to have that win. You can't lose, you it. can't lose the series. You can't like, lose back to back series. No. And, and we'll talk about why these series are all of a sudden gonna take uh, mm-hmm. up more importance. And it's because the NCAA is that's it's completely stupid what what they're doing. But we'll we'll talk about postseason baseball and, and how they're going about that in a little bit. But um, story of this one, Brett, uh, no errors from Florida state. That was nice. I didn't think Hubbard was awful. I thought Bryce, you know, had some, some good stuff working, but again, we've seen it now for, I think a couple of weeks, the ball is, he's keeping the ball up at times. Yeah. I'm not really long-term worried about Bryce. And I know a couple of people have asked me if they should move him out. Um, he was too good for too long for a few. I mean, he's just had a couple. Not yet. Right. No, it's not yet. Not, not yet. It's no. not happening yet. And I mean, it's just. I mean, he was cruising through three innings, right? I think he had 30 pitches. First, and then, two, first two innings, I was like, oh, we're having another Bryce Hubbard. Yeah, and then down. it was back-to-back first yeah. pitch. Fa- it literally was two first. It was two pitches in an inning, gave up two runs. So, um, you know, I, it, the thing that I don't I don't like as much is just I feel like he's kind of unraveled the last two outings, which we hadn't seen for the first few, but we saw it in his freshman year. So I think they'll just they'll probably be more focused on the mental side with him moving forward, but I, he would still definitely be in my rotation right now. I think that just makes the most sense for Florida State. Yeah, I think even I saw him mouthing to uh, to Nelson a couple of times on replay. Uh, did I leave that up? Like he, you could visibly see him asking, and I think Nelly, you know, nodded his head. Yeah, um, that's probably not where you want it. But you know, Bryce is gross. I mean, his stuff's nasty. Um, I don't think it's something to be alarmed about yet. The it, fastball, the issue with him more is, you know, east to west. Yeah. He he need, like his The way he throws his spin rates, he needs to be up in the zone with his fastball. That's where he gets swing and misses. But if you're up and over the middle, then you're going to have issues. And if you can't get the curveball down or you don't have the curveball, then you're not going to be able to get hitters off of that high fastball. So it's it's more so east and west with the fastball and, and getting the curveball down in the zone. Yeah, we're only two starts off from at Miami when he went six innings and only gave up an earned run, struck out eight. So like, I'm I'm not ready, I'm not ready to say you know Bryce Hubbard's not your Saturday guy yet. Um, but I I will say this, Brett, and I think it's fair. Um, we definitely try to be as as straightforward as possible on this podcast. I do think the door is open for um, someone else to come in if they show. I, I think Carson Montgomery has the door open. I think a Jack Anderson yeah, has I mean, the, the door's open. The like door is always going to be open for a guy like Carson. And then when you have a pitching staff this deep, I mean, you're, it, it's not going to take a ton of outings for someone to switch in there if other guys are throwing well enough. Let me ask you this, because someone brought it up to me, and I actually last week said, I don't think so. But this week I started to have um, maybe a, an extra second of thought on it. Do you switch Connor and Bryce in the rotation? No, because I think no, you okay, like you like the veteran. I think you like Connor in those rubber match situations. And, um, you know, Connor's going to give you innings on Sundays too. Um, you worry more about innings on Sundays than Saturdays because, I mean, you know on Saturdays you're going to have 
um, your whole bullpen after Parker's gone out there on Fridays. So you're not really worried about, um, I mean, Bryce isn't an efficiency guy. That's not what he's known for. He's a strikeout guy. Connor's your efficiency guy that will go out there and give you a ton of innings on Sundays when you might have um, a thin bullpen. So, no, that I, the move I've been thinking about is is moving Carson Montgomery to the back end of the bullpen. I think that's where you could possibly get the most out of him. And just my thing is he's shown it in spurts in his, but in his starts he's just had one one inning every time. Every start there's been one inning that has kind of costed him. But I mean every like, two or three innings, if you could get two innings an eighth and ninth in him, I mean and let him just go out and eat with his stuff. I mean, I think there should be a little bit of thought there about moving him back there. I know Florida State's had a lot of other good arms back there so far, but that would be there's some diff- there. It's different when Montgomery's with yeah. Montgomery stuff. That slider is different. Um, I like that. No, I, and I'm glad I asked that because again, I, I think a Hubbard Montgomery pairing on a Saturday, yeah, in a five and four in a regional mm-hmm. is is pretty awesome. Um, or if Connor is getting hit, say in the fourth inning. That's where you might turn to somebody, um, but yeah, Carson. Carson remind, and you know, it's it's more. The more we talk about Carson, and you've you've hit on it early on um, in his career. There's a lot of CJ. Like there's yeah. a lot of like CJ early on in his career. You were like for three innings, this is something that nobody else, nobody has seen. Right, like mm-hmm. that other team, that other dugout is like, oh, what is this 96 mile an hour fastball that I haven't been looking at with a foot of with, run, with a foot of run, and then the off his, you know, I mean. Uh, what's his name? I'm, uh, Carson. Jeez, mm-hmm. I almost called him C.J. Montgomery. Uh, <laughs> Carson has an excellent uh, off-speed pitch, much like C.J. did early on in his career. C.J.'s changeup got better and better as the as his career went on, but he could always rely on that curveball. And when you throw 95, 96, and you have one other really good pitch, you're going to be nasty when a team is only seeing you what once or twice through the order. Yeah, and obviously when when Carson's your fourth your midweek guy, that's really good, but. Jack Anderson's also really good, and I think you get a little more out of Jack as your starter than you get a few more innings out of Jack as your starter than Carson. Sometimes more of a Connor Grady type, and Bryce is—I mean, Carson's more of that Bryce type where he's going to be—you know—he's going to be out there for strikeouts. So if you let him go out there, I mean, I was just—I just been someone brought it up to me, and I've been thinking about it, mulling it over, and the more I've thought about it, it just—it does make a lot of sense. I think for them to him to move back to the back end of the bullpen. Yeah. So I mean, so so the answer to that question, we're good with Hubbard right now. Sorry, uh, we'll, we'll got a little we, we, off we, topic. We walked but. all the way around the circle to get back to. We're good with Hubbard. So Saturday, yeah, Saturday. Um, I thought the bullpen was fantastic. Really good bounce back day. Um, Tyler Ahern, I believe, was what ninety six or so um, at times. Yeah. Um, Crowell came in and did what he was asked to do. Haney bounce back performance, um, an inning in two thirds, um, and, and then Jonah and Davis did. Gosh, Davis Davis hair is really good. Um, it's been really cool to see Davis take that step forward. He is his stuff has always been excellent. I think he's now realizing that you don't have to strike out every batter. And I think Davis, as a result of that, is getting a lot of strikeouts um, because he's getting ahead in counts too. FSU's bullpen wasn't their very best. I think they put a lot of guys on somewhat, but they were huge in big moments, which they weren't on Friday, but they came up in big moment after big moment. I think they stranded 10 runners and 5.1 innings, scoreless innings. Um, you know, Chase was really good. I thought they might have extended him a little too long. Gives up a leadoff single in the ninth again. But then, like you said, um, who came in? I think it was Jonah came in after him, got two outs and, or one out, and Davis gets a couple outs. But 
it kind of felt like the same exact game was happening from um, Friday. But then, you know, you get those big ounce and, and then you get what you get from Nander. I mean, that's a huge momentum swing and not just a game, but a whole series. And really for a team season, I think that moment is really big. Nander's homer. Yeah, it really is. I thought Cabell, um, I know he struck out, but he, he put together a long at bat. And then Wyatt was able to knock one in the le- into left field for a base hit. And then Nander on an 0-1 pitch. Um, hit a break, you know, you hang him, we bang him. I mean, that's the literally. That ball was roped. It was yeah. roped. It was, he had to, it had to feel good off his bat and seeing him round third, like seeing Nander, like kind of have these moments of it's all coming together. Like, and, and Nander's not playing to his absolute potential, but it's a lot better than it's been. Yeah. I mean, the guy is also just coming off an oblique injury, which can't be fun yeah, and uh, didn't really practice the entire week. But, um, you know, him and Robbie have both already set season career highs with homers. I mean, we've talked about how much power potential there was in the lineup and guys who could break out. I mean, you're really starting to see this team use that power in, in ways that in that meat wanted them to coming into the season. Yeah, they really did. And they're not walking a whole lot because I think they're attacking pitches. I think Saturday they had one walk. Um, and oh, I think Sunday. 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 And I Sunday actually, it wasn't even really Florida State. It was just UNC North was Carolina was yeah, just they, no, they were out of they were out of pitching. So um yeah, I think uh there's also a point I do want to make with Sunday just because of the hitting, you know, Florida State's hitting approach and, and what they want to do. But let's talk about Sunday. Um, the story has to start with, man, Connor Grady is better than most of your th- number three starters. I don't care. I'm talking every ACC school. There are a few out there that can match. But to have a guy every time he steps on the mound, he has literally pitched on the biggest stage, right? Like he has, he has had the most pressure situations that you can – I mean, he might be the most tested pitcher on Florida State's roster. Like you could argue, yeah. like in in big moments, like nobody who else has been in those moments. That not Connor as a Grady, starter. not as a starter. I mean, in times, not as a reliever. <coughs> there have been a couple of guys, like yeah, the older guys we can name them, but like Grady started his career needing to help Florida State out of the bullpen. Do you remember some of those outings he had against Clemson to kind of help Florida State sweep when they had to have that weekend to make a tournament in 2019? Yeah, five innings and 11 Ks. I he's, think. but he's been there, and so. Um, beating Georgia to kind of clinch um, on a day that, you know, if you feel like if Georgia would have won that game and forced and it's, up. It's always just ho-hum. Like, it's just, it's Connor Grady doing Connor Grady. I mean, there's not much. But this isn't the same Connor Grady either. Things have got, his pitches have gotten better. There, yeah. That, that changeup has definitely taken a step forward. I mean, forward. he's just gotten older, more mature. He knows how to use his stuff even more. And Belly's a really good pitching coach. Yeah, and I think he's like, he's. I think he said after the game that it was one of the first times he's actually been able to work off his fastball instead of off his off speed just because, he had so much consistency with his location and was able to just to nail spot after spot. And um, I mean, North Carolina had looked like they had absolutely no chance against him. I think he had a season high 10Ks, set, tied a career high, seven innings. Uh, you know, only did it on 82 pitches. I think he only threw like 20 balls. Um, um, and I think, I think uh, what he retired, his last 16 batters he faced too. After I mean, the biggest part of that outing was the first inning for him. I think they had second and third, one out. He gets the grounder. Um, good play by Vince. Um, that's just veteran pitching, and that's what Florida State really needed, especially in a rubber match, and that's why he's there like we talked about. It's just a veteran, and it just, just makes it look really easy at times. To me, it's like when you've been in Omaha and you're asked at that stage to just try and keep your team season alive. You just, know, you, I think it was against Texas Tech. Yeah, you just know what it takes. And, I mean, just like the nerves will never be that. So it's like he walks out, and it's a Sunday – against North Carolina 
you know, at Hauser, right? Like, it's and he's like, day. rubber match. Just oh, another day for I mean, Connor just Grady. go out there and execute. And Connor um, Grady definitely cares a lot, but it, for it's just like, it just looks like, sometimes it just looks like, yeah, I'm out here just to um, get some outs, man. I mean, he's kind of a laid back dude, too. Yeah, like, when you talk to so. him, I mean, he, he's, he's a lot of fun to, to have conversations with. And I, I'm very happy for him because his career, um, there are guys, you know, that could demand to be a Friday night guy or a Saturday night guy. Connor's like, I think I like, you know, I like playing for Florida State baseball. I kind of like. Connor would enjoy just like. I like my life. I, I'm doing fine. <laughs> I'm on, if you give me the ball once a weekend, I think I'm pretty Gucci, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like he does that and he comes out and he shoves and it's, I'm sorry, Max Carlson for UNC, two thirds of an inning and yeah. got, you UNC, know, uh, he got I, roped. I it was got, complete. Yeah. I mean, I don't got any words, man. I just, that didn't seem like a, a UNC talent wise. I just couldn't believe it was UNC kind of on the mound. Yeah, to me, you're going to, you're going to see Connor Grady's value more as the season progresses and, and these games get tougher because they're about to, um, we'll talk about Louisville later this week, but, um, it's about and to Louisville's probably the only one that could match them with a Sunday starter. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And so, um, I'm excited. I'm excited well, to see what Florida State Virginia, does. Virginia, but other than that. Yeah. Virginia. Yeah, that kid was – what was his name again? Vassal. Yeah, that kid was nasty. Um, let's talk Ross Dunn. Um, uh, man, was was he really up to 97, 98? Um, Close? I believe he was up to 96. Oh, man. Sat 94, 95. Um, the only bigger fans of Ross Dunn are probably his parents. Freshman. That's a freshman. Um, I just – I this stuff, it, it oozes so much potential. And it's not it's not high effort either. It's a low effort. I mean, the ball just flies out of his hand. I mean, it is fun to watch that kid pitch. I what does he project? Like, does he can he sit ninety seven, ninety eight at some point in his career? As a starter, and is that where he profiles as a starter? I think he's a starter long term. Okay, I think okay. he's a starter for Florida State in the weekend rotation next year. Okay, um, we'll I'm really we'll, high. We'll circle back to April fifth, twenty twenty one. I'm very. I'm true. as high as it gets on Ross Dunn. I mean. <laughs> Is he the one from Utah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Was committed to Bellinger at um, when he was at Kentucky. Um, flipped over to Florida State when Bellinger came to Florida State. Um, yeah, it doesn't get much better than – I mean, he's got a, a low 80s curveball. Um, it is hard. It's a hard curveball. Wasn't really on with it the other day, but, man, he doesn't even need the other stuff sometimes. His fastball just – man, that thing just jumps. It, it goes – I. There's so much to like there. I mean, it was good to see Florida State get a couple of those young guys in. Um, I think Neza threw ne- Nezu threw. There sorry. you go. I'm, he's, he's had to deal with struggled with this Don't name worry. for a while. Nezu, um, I think he was up to 93, 94. Fastball is the name of the game with him. High spin fastball. Even when he's 90, 91, gets a lot of swing and misses. It's just um, you know vertical approach angles got some to do with it. Um, has a really low release point. Gets really low down in his legs. Um, just needs to learn how to spin it a bit better. That's the one thing Florida State's working on with him. And then Andrew Armstrong comes in. Um, I think he gave up a double, uh, a hard single to the first battery face, but then gets a game-ending double play, and that was a really nice turn by Richie Morales and Jackson Green. But um, uh, Andrew Armstrong is going to be a guy for them for a while. That, that's going to be one of your Jonas Colaros, and um, you know that kid's going to be really, really tough on left-handed hitters. And if it wasn't for Jonas Calaro and, and Clayton being here, he'd probably throw a lot of innings this year. But he's probably going to be a good, a big piece for Florida State moving forward um, these next few years, I think. Yeah. And then uh, talking about jump, the ball jumping, uh, it was Ooh. jumping off Florida State's bat. Uh, Elijah Cabell. Elijah Cabell does <laughs> not hit cheap ones, man. <laughs> they are never cheap. It's always at least 700 feet. Gosh, those exit velos, that poor baseball. Um, I think I was texting with Lulu. 
who's usually got the numbers, um, said he hit it too hard, didn't get it on the track, man. So, Elijah, can you hit the ball a little softer so we can know how hard you hit it? I think I went back and listened to the replay. So shout out Seminole Productions because they had, like, field mics. Um, I, I, the sound I, of the ball hitting his bat. Um, have you seen you've, – you've, you definitely have seen Moneyball. Yeah. When Brad Pitt says, how can you not be romantic about baseball? That is exhibit A, B, and C. Like, when you see that, do you not immediately just fall in love with the game? Ball, like, that ball, the way it sounds. Ball just sounds different off the bat. Did you it, see uh, Shohei Otani's That's home what run? I, was, I was just yeah. about to say. This the, weekend. The, the Cabell homer and the Otani the homer. The way they sound off the bat. I just, I, I like replayed it on Twitter like 1,200 just times. Just close your eyes and listen. It's, right. It's a sweet sound. The best and, is the Sunday night baseball ones, because they got those mics that are like on the baseball well, bats. Well, they're, no, they're, uh, they're actually underneath the plate. Oh, I don't know goodness. if Seminole Productions has that. I have to ask uh, our man uh, Kirby Kander, um, director um, out there. So I got to yeah, I got to see. I think because I think at, at the highest level you put the mic underneath mm-hmm. the plate, so that's why it sounds so good. Um, but, I mean, going back to Elijah, just having meat set after the game that his power is just it's legendary. I mean, it's a it's a real. Well, they 80, said it was laughable in BP. It's eighty grade power, like it's eight, like on a twenty to eighty grade scale. It Stanton is and Judge, like I mean, it's it's that. Yeah, I mean, he's just got to get to the. I mean, just got to get to the contact, and when the contact's there, I mean, I mean, when when he makes contact, it's the ball doesn't have a chance of surviving. Did you see the? Okay, back to the replay of that home run. Did you see the team's reaction, like the dugout? My favorite like multiple, is multiple multiple guys were pounding their own chests. My favorite like, <laughs> is is meat. Meat always does this little like hop jump when he hits him. I don't even know what to call it, but he just gives this little hop, and he's like, "All right, yep, that's gone." And that was fun to watch again. I'm pretty sure Vince Smith almost fainted um, <laughs> watching that replay. I like, <laughs> I almost fainted seeing the replay. Like it's, it was incredible. Again, folks, if you haven't seen it, um, if you just heard about it, do I love his pimp jobs because he just he puts he, the, he just, he just looks the, down. He just walked with the back. I think he just started. To, he was like walking and just talking. He was like, oh yeah, this is nothing new. Is it the haircut? I want to ask you that. No, it's not the haircut. It's not the haircut. It's Elijah. Are just, you sure? Because he's hitting four hundred since he cut his hair. You know what? I don't want to see the dang stat about the haircut anymore. It's five home runs in six games. Mm. Hey man, I don't care what it is. I don't know what you're eating in the morning, Elijah. It's just Elijah Cabela being the strongest hitter in college baseball. I mean, I don't think you could find somebody with more raw power than him. It'd be really tough to find someone with more raw power. Uh, whatever he's doing, continue. I mean, he's eating his Wheaties. Whatever he's doing, I don't care what he's doing. I'm not going to ask questions. I don't want to. I don't know. Care about. I don't know about your personal life. <laughs> um, but whatever is working, it's working. Whatever's happening, you keep it up, my man. That is that's different. Um, yeah. So he pretty much, um, he pretty much gave Florida State the game. Obviously, I mean, that yeah. was it. Like in that moment, Carolina had nothing. Florida State walks one batter the entire game. Third shutdown of the year. Um, and I'm kind of liking this uh, game's over by the fourth inning type of feel. Yeah, Felt like the Miami nice. series. It was like, yeah, you're o- it's over. Sorry, guys. Um, Matt Nelson, shout out, almost homered again mm-hmm. to right center. Good to see him. I mean, just the opposite field all year. That's just been the emphasis for him. And, um, you know, he just makes it, look e- makes it look easy going that way, really. Vince Smith was really close yeah, to having a home run. I was about to bring out, too. Bring he, out. Has, he has some sneaky pop in that bat. Yeah, it just it's it has just, some Mike's. You, you compared him to Mike Salvatore. I'm going to give you your credit. There is a lot of Mike Salvatore there. Yeah, it's just yeah. easy swing. I mean, it's just ball jumps off his bat a lot. Um, he's made a lot of hard contact this year. I know he's not hitting for much average, but six of his eight hits are extra bases. Um, like you said, that just missed being a home run. I think that would have been his third of the year. Um, I think that's definitely the highest ceiling. Florida State's going to have him 
um, the highest ceiling Florida State's going to have is with him at second base. Um, and, I mean, that's going to be – he's going to be a really good college baseball player, I think. No doubt about it, man. Uh, Knowles only had six hits on the day. And, I mean, how many uh, walks did they have? Ten? I think they yeah, had ten walks ten, and nine Ks. And the reason, like, I wanted to talk about the walks – is I know for the last couple of weeks we've been saying this FSU team's not going to walk anymore. I don't think that that's true. The Knowles will still be top 50, I think, in the country out of 300 well, teams and, just, and drawing walks. I mean, a lot of it's just got to do what what teams give you. I mean, Florida yeah, State... If the team wants to melt down on their own and not throw strikes, then, yeah, no, we're not going to swing at it. Florida them. State's going to be aggressive, but not just aggressive to be aggressive, aggressive in the zone. I mean, I think you call it... Um, selective, selective aggressiveness. Yeah, selective that's yeah, what you want to yeah. see from Florida State. And I mean, that's what you saw. But a lot of that had to do with some of these UNC pitchers just had no idea where the ball was going. UNC had nothing left. I no, think their chance to win the series I was think, Saturday and they blew it. Um, it's weird to say, but I think UNC was probably the least talented ACC team FSU's played so far. Wow. It's a statement right there. Bay, you might be right, though. I guess only time will tell. But um, yeah, shout out. Connor Grady, good job. Um, Bats, you did what you needed to do. And. Um, I was interested to see how Florida State would respond in a rubber match well, because they, they didn't the week before. Um, Wake Forest kind of came out and took it well, to them. The thing that I liked was, you know, Grady kind of set the tone with the big pitches there. And then Tyler just, um, I mean, him, that wild pitch, that's just a high IQ play on him. Um, I don't think pitcher broke to home. Ball just kind of kept getting away. That's just hard-nosed Tyler Martin playing baseball right there. And he was pumped up coming down, coming through home plate. So uh, just setting the tone right there, that's really good to see. And it's um, – like we've always said, it's fun to watch Tyler play baseball and kind of piss other teams off. Yeah, it really is, and he's doing a decent job at first base as well. Uh, another game, no errors for Florida State. Two out of the three games. Yeah, when I mean, it's just when Florida State plays clean baseball, they're going to win a lot of games. Nine seventy two. I told you didn't. I did, was I think what episode was it? I think I said if FSU finishes in the ninety sevens in fielding percentage, I feel good about their chances of making Omaha. No, I think I straight up predict. they would be. Okay, I'm sticking to it. I'm a man of my word. Florida State makes Omaha if the fielding continues to be the way that it is. Because I'm really really confident at the rest of the roster, you know, in the rest of the areas of this team, the the pitching staff, starting, bullpen, all that stuff. Uh, I'm very confident that, look, I know Reese Albert's only hitting 214, but I promise you this. I think Reese Albert, when it counts the most, is going to be there for your baseball team. Like, I have a feeling, like, those big moments, he's going to come through. Um, Logan Lacey, unsung hero. Tyler Martin's a table setter. Matt Nelson is arguably right now the best catcher um, in the ACC, um, well, stats-wise. Henry Davis is Henry really – Yeah, is I know. going to show us some things this weekend. All right. Well, that's a challenge to Matt Nelson to go out yeah, there and I mean, uh, to, to play big against his counterpart. Probably two, two, two of the three best catchers in the ACC this weekend yeah, in Louisville. He, he's been awesome. Ten home runs, 28 RBIs. I think that's top five in the country, the home runs are. So um, the Knowles are they're getting the job done, folks. Uh, the record now 15-9, and 10-8 uh, in the ACC. You go back on the road, and uh, before you do that, you play JU. Um, let's preview that. What do you think? Um, well, Carson's going to be the starter for Florida State, and then – you know, JU's just JU always. I mean, I think this is a scrappy team. You got to play good. You got to play clean. Um, they're going to try to put pressure on you in a couple of different ways. But um, obviously, we think Florida State's going to be, um, you know, Carson should be able to overpower them if he's in the zone, I think. And that's just the biggest thing for this game for me is just um, Carson's consistency, um, you know, release point, him, him being able to, um, you know, not get a, well, stay away from that big inning, um, stay away from, um, losing it all at once, what it seems like he's done a couple times. You know, that fifth inning against Florida, lost it a bit. Uh, I think fourth inning against Mercer, uh, not Mercer. Who was the weekend game before that? Midweek Pitt? game. Oh, the no, midweek. midweek game before that. UCF? Yeah. 
Yeah, that, the fourth inning. I mm-hmm. think in the fifth inning, he, he kind of struggled a little bit. Yeah, so just the consistency and the efficiency. Um, you know, we know what Carson has staff-wise, and we know what he's going to be in the future. But um, just to see him go back out there and uh, put up – you know, a little five-inning piece would be nice to see, I think. Yeah, you, uh, JU 6-18 and 18 overall. That's not a great team. Um, They're what? 6-18. Holy moly. 240 batting average as a team. Uh, they got one guy, Jackson uh, Grabsky. That's a name right there. Um, he's hitting above 300, 313. They got a couple other guys, uh, Jesus Pachi, uh, Pachico and Dakota uh, Julia, I think. Jalila. Jul- he's been I don't there know. a couple years. Yeah, he is. I don't Dakota? know. Uh, Dakota Julie Julia. Oh man! It says July and then Leah. Are you calling this game? No, thank oh, goodness. goodness. Yeah, I would have to apologize on there. Um, nope, won't be doing that. So, uh, not a great team. They only have six home runs as a team. Um, Who's the starter? Staff ERA six thirty. Their starter has a five eighty two. Tyler Nauman, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think I think we'll probably see them go that Mercer route and just kind of using an opener and then trying to mix and match the rest of the game. So. Could be a little little wild game there. I mean, it's midweek. Things happen. It's baseball. Um, but Florida State just needs to kind of keep its head on right and focus. Just because, focus on it before going to Louisville. Yeah, because I'm sure these yeah. kids are pumped. Like Louisville, FS, FSU's kind of owned Louisville recently. We'll talk about that uh, in our next podcast. FSU's had their number um, a lot of times since the since the Cardinals have joined the ACC. And um, I could argue – no, I'm not going to argue it. I think it's true. They've been the best program in the ACC since joining. Um, that's yeah. Them and Virginia were tied for a little bit, and then – Virginia tailed off, and and Louisville has not because Coach Mc, uh, is it Mc, uh, McDonald? McDonald. Yeah, he's uh he's fantastic. He he does a great job. Dan does a great job. So, um, we'll talk about Louisville uh, another time. Um, we do want to wrap up. Uh, by the what time tomorrow's game? Tuesday, six. six o'clock. ACC Network Extra. Let's talk about why these games are about to take a lot of importance, folks. Um, we've been trying to project the regionals and where Florida State stands and what kind of chance they have. Things just got a lot tougher um, because the NCAA, for whatever reason, I think they're they're putting it on COVID. I'm not sure that it that it really merits using COVID as an excuse. Um, but Brett, I think they're are they they're announcing regional sites like into April. Yeah. End of so this, what, what's the regional and super regional? A- April. Wait, and super regional. Yeah, the super regional is also predetermined, but isn't it? Mor- okay, this is dumb. Um, April fifth. Yeah. It's April fifth. And by the end of April, you've probably we're got know. you've probably got three more weekend series before we get this. Who do we play? Predetermined Louisville, yeah, Florida on the road. Oh man, important game against Boston College and Georgia Tech. Okay, so the good news, the good news is you've got three marquee series. You've got you've got like, opportunity galore, yeah. right? And that midweek team is the one. So I I know Meet and that staff, and I've talked to Metcalf and, and Belly about it before, but like they're very aware of what they need. Um, RPI wise and stuff. Um, that's not a staff that's like oblivious to it. So they'll they'll have their guys ready. But why are they doing this? I, I mean, you're, you're essentially taking out how many weekends? I'm let's not, see. I'm, uh, let's see. Troy, Notre Dame, who's a big weekend for FSU on the road. Well, the thing is, the Clemson, thing is, NC. You took out four weekends. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you can still be a one seed, but you're not going to be playing at your own park. So like Florida State. So does that benefit so, Florida State so, for having Hauser? Because Hauser is, you yeah. Know, the thing is, there small could, parks are screwed. It goes kind of both ways. There could be a regional at Florida State, and Florida State could not be playing in it. I mean, not be playing the thing in it is, or not a two seed, or they'd be a two seed in the regional. Well, that too, maybe, but I don't. Because if we're I don't think it would make in our region, but I don't. I don't think it would make sense. It seems unfair then to put teams in their own home when they're a two seed. I mean, 
Right. I, I, I would I think know. they would make them go play somewhere else. I don't know enough about it. I didn't research it a whole I, lot I'm, before we hit so, record. So, so the, I don't want to say something that's out of line. So all these teams, they have to... Sounds ridiculous. First of all, you have to submit a bid. So like they don't just give it to random teams. You have to submit a bid. Um, Hauser will. I know they will. It says week of May 10, actually, is baseball regional site selection announcement. Oh. But I think they it nominate it in April, and they give them time to make plans and stuff like that at the end of April. Um, but so right now, I mean, Florida State's probably not a regional host, and it's going to – unless They're they, borderline, though. They're definitely borderline. But right now, I think if you were to do it right now, it probably not. Um, definitely not super regional, but – um, this really gives FSU a tough chance of being a super regional host um, just so because of how now. the season's gone so far. And unless I mean, they, like, you're unless have, they won every series right, and, until yeah. that selection. If you give like a sweep of Louisville or a sweep of Georgia Tech, um, yeah, you've definitely, got too, a, by the way. you've definitely got a chance, but it's really going to be tough. Um, I mean, it, it just makes every single game. There's going to be a lot more urgency now from a lot of teams, I think. And it's... But like we said, like you could still be a one and just not have your place as a host. So, all I'm saying is there is this factor of Hauser's a beautiful ballpark. Um, they have hosted regionals. Uh, you making, Wal- making a pitch? You know, making Chuck, a pitch? Right yeah, now? no. Well, Chuck Walsh, uh, basketball SID, has been. I think he's been like the deputy guy for baseball regionals in Tallahassee for years. Um, him and Bob Thomas used to do that. Um, they did a great job. And um, I here's what I'll say: the NCAA is very comfortable with Hauser being a regional host or a super regional host. So they have to have a week of testing site, the facilities, and then three weeks of ensuring that it's functioning in protocols wise. I mean, the, the, the Leon County civics, the the Tucker center, but that's why I think it's going to be announced later than it's going to be selected. You know, I just know we have capability to test. Um, we have a beautiful (laughs) ballpark. I'm sure. Um, I probably can't go into that actually. Not going to go there, um, but it has, it's COVID-related and, and capacity um, of stadium. I'm sure that will make a difference to the NCAA as well. Um, Hauser can do some, some things there, but I'm not going to get into it um, because we haven't really announced anything like that. But um, could this screw some teams that are deserving but have smaller ballparks? I mean, the Big Ten, like... No, they're not. They, 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 they don't even have... I know, but like... Their RPIs are all terrible because well, they only play each other. We're like, heading they towards don't, an SEC ACC dominant hosting. I like. In Texas, I'm guessing Texas. like six of eight super regionals are going to be SEC. Probably. Probably the host. Their ballparks are beautiful too. Yeah, so they're obviously going to be favored here. But I know somebody asked me to try to make sense of this. I mean, I can't make sense of the decision. I just don't understand it that much. Brett, I I would love to have a a, a regional or a super regional at Hauser, but 2019, I think, told all of us that that really doesn't matter whether you're there or not. Um, it doesn't guarantee you anything. So, um, all right. Well, I guess time will tell. I don't know. What's FSU's RPI right now? Do you know? I, I think they're 52. What? Yeah, it, I, it doesn't. I mean, Villanova's number. Like 10 top t- 20 wins. Villanova's number one. Okay, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So we're, we're going to have NCAA regionals announced when the RPI hasn't even taken full effect yet. I don't even know if Florida's a Q1 win yet. I think they were 56 going into the weekend. Um, Are you, do you Virginia's have okay? not Q1. I don't have it. I think Florida State was 500 in, in Q1, I think. I don't know if Miami was Q1. I was looking at it earlier today. I forgot my computer, though. So No, I'm here. Just looking at my phone. Uh, I have Florida State up. 51 in the RPI. Strength of schedule of 44. 
I call BS on that. But like, um, there's been years where Florida State was. I mean, end of April, you probably would have thought no chance. This team's a regional host, and they get hot at the end of the year, win an ACC tournament, and like, what's the point of ACC tournament confer- now? Yeah, the conference tournaments have always been a big deal. But like, um, but like, for for all for NCAA regionals and super regionals, they always have been. Like, would you even play an ACC tournament now? Like, yes. what's the point? I mean, money. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like <laughs> TV deals. <laughs> yeah, you would play it. Trust me. For a team to be welcome like, to I don't want to go. Welcome have, to the business side of uh, sports, man. Yeah, uh, you're definitely gonna play it. Um, but the mighty, sti- but, the, uh, the I mighty. I don't uh, think it makes it like does it doesn't make sense like mighty St. Takes- Joseph's and Ball State, uh, m- the the mighty uh, Rhode Island. Rams are ahead of Florida State in the RPI at 11 and 12 record. Fun. All right. Whatever. Anyway, I feel like it's a good podcast. I know we went on our soapbox there for the last five minutes, but uh, let us know um, what you think of our pod. Um, Yeah, Florida State this weekend uh, against Louisville. They get JU tomorrow. So this served as the recap of the big UNC series win. And uh, we'll have another episode later on this week previewing uh, the Louisville Cardinals. just in case you're wondering, yes, they are very good again. So um, we will talk about that. Uh, Apple Pods, uh, Google Pods, Spotify, hit us up. Uh, please uh, give us five stars if you can. Leave us a review. Email us if you have thoughts and concerns about this NCAA um, selection sites being announced sooner. Let us know. Tweet at us. Email us and uh, hope to talk to you soon. It should be a, a fun week up ahead. Brett, any final thoughts from you? Um, I think the Red Sox are actually winning a game right now. This is a miracle. Hopefully it's good vibes all week. Well, the Braves aren't even allowed to play because uh, the Nats, um, they can't escape COVID. So um, we'll see. But all right, y'all, we'll talk to you next time. Aria, Brett, we're out.